So we continue our theme through Lent, which, if you didn't know, is one bread, one body. How appropriate. And um, my theme is one baptism. So here's the reading for this evening from Matthew chapter 28. Now, the 11 disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain to which Jesus had directed them. When they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. And Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching to obey everything I have commanded you. And remember, I am with you always to the end of the age. Here ends the reading. What kind of giant normally stands here? Good Lord. Jeez. Put that thing away. I can't see y'all. You know, there's this microphone in the way. I mean, does he normally stand here? Oh, jeez. I should leave a note here. Be like, your fly's open. (laughs) So um, I'm not quite for sure if this is a sin or not, but here's my confession. So in our group of five pastors that have been circling through uh, and sharing one another's pulpits, I, of all people, somehow got put in charge of assigning the readings and the rotation schedule. So who got what to preach and then who went where when. So when I saw the the verse from Matthew 28, I snatched them up for myself. (laughs) And I was not sorry about it at all. Because, see, these verses are part of what I call my operating theology. And these verses and a few others help to shape how I see the world, how I interact with the world, and how I preach and teach, and what kind of disciple I hope I am. And for me, for me personally, it's really, really crucial to live and breathe and walk in this world like, first of all, Jesus makes a difference because he does. It's important for me that you believe that God's grace is for you too. And lastly, it's important for me to make sure that those who either haven't heard about Jesus or want to know about Jesus can do so in a loving and grace-filled way. For me, this is what it means to make disciples. So for me, to make disciples means that when I encounter people, we both walk away feeling like we've been fed by the Holy Spirit. Now, does this always happen? No, because I drive a car. And there are people I encounter that we both don't leave being filled by the Holy Spirit. I'm I'm sure none of you can relate to that. But I actually lived a very good portion of my life not knowing about grace and the love that God has for me. And so now that I do know about this, I feel like I have to share this with anyone who will listen. This gospel text is called the Great Commission for a reason. It is a command, right? It's a charge. And I am always up for a challenge. I mean, I spent a year with Pastor Bill. But I'm always up for a challenge, and I pray that you are as well. So let's have a quick confirmation lesson. 
If any of you are here in confirmation, you can take notes and say, Pastor Jay taught us all about all kinds of stuff. Um, if you weren't raised Lutheran, don't feel bad. This is your chance to learn. Does anyone know how many sacraments we have in the Lutheran church? I see signs. See, what I'm looking for is not just nodding and numbers. You can shout it out like this is price is right. How many sacraments do we have? Two, exactly. Does anybody know what they are? Okay, honest answer. Anybody else know what they are? Baptism and the communion. Perfect. Awesome. Now, I use the word sacrament a lot, and it occurred to me that sacrament might be insider churchy language. If you were not raised in the church, even if you were raised in the church, sacrament is one of those words you hear a lot and you think, Everybody knows what that word means except for me, and I'm not going to be the person who asks what sacrament means because I don't want to look like a fool. Hello, how are you doing? I'm a fool. I will be that person to say, I don't know what sacrament means. So I am going to tell you about sacraments. Martin Luther, um, you all may know him. Uh, he, he founded the Lutheran Church. Um, He talked about sacraments and wrote about sacraments a lot, and this is what he said. Sacraments are signs and testimonies of God's will toward us, through which God moves hearts to believe. Well, that sounds nice, but as Luther would say in his small catechism, what does this mean? Those of you who had to memorize the small catechism know that. So I'm going to give you the definition that I have come to know and to love. A sacrament is a tangible sign of God's grace. That's it. This means that we are able to touch, taste, see, hear, and smell the elements and know in our hearts and minds and soul that we have encountered the risen, loving, mercy, grace-filled God. So when I think about it that way, I hope that God makes me feel like I feel when I take that first bite out of a fresh loaf of bread, hot out of the oven, with real butter on it, not that margarine stuff, the real butter that clogs your arteries. Oh, yes. That's what I hope God makes me feel like. I hope that God's hug and embrace feels like when you slip into a warm bath and the water comes up over your shoulders and you're just in your zen place. Yes, men, it's okay for you to take a bath. Light some candles. Treat yourself. I hope that God smells like a stream that's just waking up from winter. So when the ice starts to melt and we first get those trickle, 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 not a whatever's going on at the Wapsie, but a small stream, small, tiny. But when it starts to break the ice and you smell spring, that's what I hope God smells like. And I pray that God will say the same things to me that we all hear now. I was given for you. I was shed for you. 
I have claimed you as my own. There are so many in this world that need to hear this message. So why wouldn't we go out into the world and encounter the world and try and make disciples? Why wouldn't we bring people to the baptismal waters and introduce them to that freeing splash of grace? Now, here's what's so amazing and so maddening about our sacraments. They are a moment in an unequal, unfair world when and if only for a brief moment, we are all on equal and fair footing. When we are baptized into Christ, no matter if we are moments old or moments away from death, we are surrendering to Christ. We are admitting we can't do this on our own, and I I don't know about y'all, but that is a humbling place for me to be. And we are washed in the waters. And when that happens, we are promised that we're not alone. When we're washed in the waters, what is bestowed upon us is our most crucial identity. And that is child of God. No other identity in that moment matters. In fact, in our death, no other identity matters either. In our death, Our baptismal journey is complete, and we are once again enfolded into the care of God. And that's wonderful and maddening because we live in a world that tells us that all the other stuff matters, right? We live in a world that cares about the number in our bank account or the kind of car or cars we drive or the color of our tractors because I know that's very important or whether or not our kid is on the honor roll and we can get you a bumper sticker for that if you like the number on the scale, or even the kind of people that we choose to love and do life with. Society wants us to care about all of that stuff and wants us to fight each other on that stuff. Society wants us to judge one another on that stuff. But in baptism, those identities are washed away. And the only thing that's left is child of God. Equal footing. God, through Jesus Christ, claims us. Are y'all understanding me here? You hear This thing is on, right? Yeah. You, you all are not in some kind of lasagna coma right now. In those waters, what seems like really ordinary water, right? If you look in that bowl, it looks like two parts hydrogen, one part oxygen. That formula has not changed. Looks like ordinary water plus the Holy Spirit. God claims us. It's as if God reaches down. I love this image. I love thinking about God like a mother cat, right? It's like God reaches down from heaven, grabs us by the scruff of the neck, and says, See this one? This one's mine. You can't have this one. I'm claiming this one. And then like mother cat carries us off or something. And when God claims us, how could we not but claim back God in return? Being washed and refreshed should leave us wanting to share this amazing news with all the nations, or at least with anybody who will listen. When your life has been changed, when you have been changed and made better through grace alone, how could you keep that to yourself? And we don't do this alone. Oh, thanks be to God, we don't do this alone. God is with us. It says so right there at the end of the reading. And remember, I am with you always to the end of the age. God doesn't say, I'm with you till next Tuesday 
or July or till 2025. No, God says, I am with you always till time runs out. We aren't making disciples by ourselves. God, through the Holy Spirit, is leading us. We have been washed. We have been claimed. We have been showered in our love, in God's love. And then we leave this place practically bursting to tell other people. It's good. It's so, so good that we are reminded of the promises we either made in our own baptism or that were made for us. Luther says you should remember your baptism daily. That's not a bad idea. After all, baptism is one way that God says to you, I love you. And I don't, I don't know about y'all, but I need to hear that every single day. So I want you to grab your handy-dandy red hymnal here. I'm sorry, it's technically cranberry. Those of you who have been around long enough know that we did have a red hymnal at one point in time. This is cranberry. And I want you to turn to page 237 at the very front of your hymnal. 237. If you're following along, I don't know, there's this many pages left, and it's kind of, it's the small numbers at the bottom of the page. And you should see a little title at the top of the page that says, Affirmation by the Assembly. If you can't find it, ask your neighbor. If you don't have a neighbor, find a friend. If you don't have a friend, I will be your friend. All right. So we are going to make an affirmation of our baptism. There will be an opportunity for you to respond. Now, here's what I would love to have happen, okay? I gave the same challenge to the folks at Bleed Orn last week. They did a pretty okay job. But I would love for you to make your affirmation so strong, so full of the Holy Spirit, and so excited to go and make disciples that when I return home tonight... My husband's currently at our parsonage at Elvira. When I get home, he'll say, what in the world was that noise? And I'll say, it was the people in Calamus. Things got crazy. It got, it got a little wild up there. So, my dearest beloved brothers and sisters, you have made public profession of your faith. Do you intend to continue in the covenant God made with you in holy baptism? To live among God's faithful people? To hear the word of God and share in the Lord's Supper, to proclaim the good news of God in Christ through word and deed, to serve all people following the example of Jesus, and to strive for justice and peace in all the earth? If so, say, I do, and I ask God to help and guide me. I do, and I ask God to help and guide me. People of God, do you promise to support and pray for one another in your life in Christ? If so, say, we do, and we ask God to help and guide us. We do, and we ask God to help and guide us. Let us pray. We give you thanks, O God, that through water and the Holy Spirit, you give us new birth, cleanse us from sin, and raise us to eternal life. Stir up in your people the gift of your Holy Spirit, the spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and might, the spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord, the spirit of joy in your presence, both now and forever. Amen. Amen.